Because sometimes that happens in life, isn't it? Sometimes we get the difficulties and problems in life. We get the sort of the suicides, the sudden deaths, the car accidents. We get the losing of our wealth. We get the person we invest all our love in, our partner in life cheating on us, having mistresses. We think, why? Why me? In each one of those difficult situations which each one of you bear, which I have to bear, which all of us have to bear from time to time, the so-called unjust, unwarranted, why did this ever happen to me situations, those are the places where you can find the greatest of meanings. I remember this very, very old story. I was told this about 25 years ago when I first came here to Perth. There was a man who had lost his leg. And he told me that he'd lost his leg in a mine accident up north many years ago. He said his job was actually to put the explosive you know, in the drilled holes on the, the face of this mine, I don't know if it was iron or whatever mineral they were trying to get out of this, this uh, mine, he would go there always at night time because he liked the peace and quiet of working by himself you know, in the stillness of the deep mine shaft at night time. And he'd only do it at night time because it was dangerous work and if there was any accidents, he'd be the only one who'd been killed because all the other people were just sleeping. So that's actually how it worked in those days. So every evening the driller would drill the holes ready for him and he'd just go in at night time, put in the explosive and detonate it and make enough cracks in the rock so they can come in the next day and, and get the ore out. But he said it was just one evening, one night amongst many, he was down there putting in the, the explosives when he heard a rumble behind him. There's one of the, the, the carts, you know, these big metal iron trucks which they'd use to carry the ore from their face back to the surface, you know, on like railway lines. One of the previous workers hadn't put the brakes on and it was rolling towards him. And the mine shaft was so narrow, there was no place to go. He couldn't go to the left or right, there was no space. And that truck was coming faster and faster. He had no place to go. It was going to hit him. And he said just before it hit, the only thing he thought of doing was actually jumping. The jumping saved one of his legs, but the other one was severed. And he lay there on the tracks at the bottom of the mine, waiting for the morning shift to come and find him, bleeding in pain but he actually did survive. And when he was in the hospital, the man who had left the break off came to the front of the ward, took one look at him and ran away and he never saw the guy again. The guy felt so guilty for being the cause of this guy losing his legs, but apparently as soon as he saw that guy, the guy lost his legs, shouted him, come in, it's okay. Because that moment, those hours, in pain, having lost his leg, he said that was one of the most beautiful and wonderful experiences of his life.
It was a time when he found meaning in life. Meaning of forgiving the person who had left off the break. Meaning that you don't need just a full body to have a full life. Meaning that physical pain is one thing, but if you get angry and upset, that is 100%, hundred times more pain. He said in those hours waiting, he said he had the most wonderful experiences of his life. He found the meaning in the middle of that accident. I think you can maybe understand what he was talking about. As many people find their meaning in the journey they have from the first diagnosis of a cancer to its eventual remission, the meaning you find in your life when they lose all of your money and you have to reassess your life, start again. The meaning which you have when you lose your job when things go wrong in life. These are times, opportunities, where you can find the meaning. Because otherwise we just go into life when things go really well for us and it's just ordinary and just as expected. You just it get, you get lazy, spiritually lazy, because things are just too easy for you. That's why in Buddhism they say for people wanting to get enlightened, being reborn in the heaven realm, it's just too much fun, you get fat and lazy in heaven. But in this human realm, there's enough disappointments, enough tragedies, enough pain, but not too much, to wake you up and to be the fertilizer of the spiritual wealth which really give you meaning. Look at those people which you've known who've had tragedies. Look at those people who have lost everything and have risen from those ashes like a phoenix and become the most wonderful, amazing people. Now, like, say, a Dalai Lama, he lost his country, but he gained a world. Now, like a Mandela, lost his, was it, I don't know how many, 26 years of his youth, but gained this amazing understanding of human nature and ability to forgive and love. These are great examples of people who have used the adversities in life to find their meaning, as Mandela did in those cells of Robben Island. You don't have to go to a prison to find that meaning. Each one of us has our disappointments and tragedies in life. And after we come out of it, we understand what really is important in life. And you know what's important in life the things which make you happiness, the things which give you meaning, the things which are really solid achievements in your life, and not the medals, not the bank account or the wealth, the things which you really admire and value, are things like generosity, compassion and wisdom. Not just the words, because everybody can sort of say words. Everyone can say, yeah, well, I'm compassionate and kind. But it's when it gets really hard to do. I remember again, I just reminiscing about my time as a student, because again, five weeks ago, I was in Cambridge. I went there because the time before I'd been in London, 
this lady came up to me and she said, I'm the president of the Buddhist Society of Cambridge University. I know you were part of our group 40 years ago and you've neglected us. You haven't come to give a talk. Good point. So I promise the next time I was in that country, I would give a talk at the University Buddhist Society where I grew up as a, as a Buddhist. And I gave a talk there. And so it's wonderful just the nostalgia of of remembering just all of these amazing times. I remember one of the bits of nostalgia was, again, when I, I became a Buddhist just through reading books, you know, it's called market research. Find out what particular religion you like. Read about it, first of all. Compare and make your choice. So I made the choice of Buddhism, but I had no friends at all, no one I knew who was a Buddhist. So I was so pleased that when I went up to this university, there was this uh, little day called the, I think the, how was it, the Societies Fair, with all the different clubs and societies and groups in that university, from astronomical societies, of psychic research society, even hare and hounds. People who like to go hunting, you can join that club if you wanted to. And there was a Buddhist society there. I just couldn't believe it. There was actually another Buddhist in that university, and actually quite a few of them. And I remember just going up to that counter and saying, how much does it cost to join? And the other student sitting behind that counter said, no, you don't have to pay any money. You know, you can just come and see. Now maybe later on, if you like it, you can actually pay some money. And I said, no, I want to join now. He said, look, you don't have to, you know, just like here, you don't have to be a member of the Buddhist Society of Western Australia to come and listen to the talks, and it's for free. And I said, no, I want to join, I'm a Buddhist, take my money. I was really aggressive to him. And that was the first time I met one of my close friends, Bernard Carr. He's a professor of physics in London University. And so just when I was in England, I managed to give him a call. He was in Toronto at some sort of um, lecture or whatever. And so you know, he's one of my friends, and that's where we first met, when he refused to take my one pound, and I forced it on him. <laughs> and I remember just at that university club once, there was a Tibetan nun, oh, no, it was an English lady, but she was in Tibetan robes. And she gave a talk, it was nothing to do with, I didn't think it was anything to do about Buddhism when I heard it. All it was, you know, no Four Noble Truths, no karma, no nothing. It was just that she was running an orphanage in the town of Kalimpong. I think that was in Sikkim. No, well not in Sikkim, but no, next to it. Was it in Sikkim? Yeah, anyway, up there in the north, uh, the northeast of India. And I was so inspired by what she was doing. The following day, I went to my bank and took out ten pounds and that was two weeks food money for me. I already mentioned my family were very poor, my father had already died and that meant for the next couple of weeks I didn't sort of starve but I went hungry. I couldn't eat as much as I normally would like to eat because I couldn't afford it, I'd given ten pound away. And that was the best ten pound I'd ever spent in my whole life. It hurt, physically. But I love that. And I realize, little things like that, it showed me what the meaning of life really is. I wasn't thinking about myself, just those kids needed some money. 
and I could do without food for a couple of weeks. But those kids, if they didn't get that, they'd probably die. When I thought of that, I thought, wow, this is how to give your life meaning. So if any of you, if you see any advertisement on TV in the papers to support a kid in Africa or Cambodia or whatever, don't care what religion they are, do it. Ring up and give. You will never, ever regret that. Because you're putting meaning in to your life. Huge meaning. If anyone asks for forgiveness, it might be your partner, the person you're married to, who comes in and said, I've had an affair. You've got a choice. You can follow what you may be your friends or your lawyer says. Divorce them. Screw them for all they're worth. Get as much money out of them. Don't go that path. Forgive. Just say, do you really want this relationship to carry on? Do you? And if they say yes, forgive them. It doesn't matter if it doesn't work out. For you, you've made a huge investment in your spiritual wealth. You've given meaning to your life. The meaning that you can be strong enough trusting enough to give another person hope. What a wonderful gift that is. Give other people hope. So if you can do that, your meaning of your life improves. And if the relationship goes pear-shaped, it doesn't matter. You think what you've done, you've done the right thing. You've done a beautiful thing, even though it hurts you. You've done something which not many people can do or want to do, but which all religions are supposed to do. What a wonderful thing that is. It means that, yeah, it may hurt you, but in the end of your life, when you look back, you think, wow, I actually did that. And you know that you've grown and matured as a human being. All these things in this life, there are tests. And don't just think just for the... You know, what's going to happen today? See a bigger picture. Yeah, it might hurt today. Like having a tooth out. It does hurt, but it's better in the, the long term. So when you really have this high-mindedness, you're understanding the high meanings of life. And when you do things like that, you will get so much energy inside your heart so much goodness. The idea of lack of self-esteem just won't be there anymore. You look at yourself and, wow, I am a good person. And when you go to sleep at night like that, you always sleep well. Why is there insomnia? It's because people don't like themselves. Why is there depression and guilt? Because people, they look at themselves and see, see no value in them. And again, why do people commit suicide, jump off bridges, hang themselves? Because they don't see the value. I'm not talking about, yeah, they may be doing well at school. They may be sort of having a nice partner. But there's something more than that. So when you have the idea of the meaning of life, and you know you put that meaning into your life. 
If ever you come in here and you get inspired, why do you get inspired? What inspires you? Now, take that back and put that as the ingredient in your life. Just be kind. If it's just a case of just opening a door for someone. I gotta remember just one lady, I got off a bus once when I was a, a student, a student teacher. I got off the bus and this one poor lady was having a hard time carrying her shopping. And I just said, I can carry that for you, ma'am. Just once, a simple thing. And afterwards, she'd always smile at me and give me gifts. Just a simple thing, it got you so much back in return. It got you a friend. And so simple acts of kindness and generosity and help, you get so much back in return. It's unbelievable. So these are the ways you find meaning in your life. There's so many opportunities to do service, so many opportunities to be kind, so many opportunities to be generous, so many opportunities just to let go of what's in it for you and just do it because it needs to be done for others. We all say, why can't we create a better world? And you can't wait for a government to create a better world. You create the better world. You put meaning into your life and you will die such a happy, peaceful person. Realizing, as I said at the very beginning, the two reasons, the two criteria for living a life, for one's own happiness and to be of benefit to other beings. You can tick both boxes. You have helped others. You've got so much happiness inside of yourself. That's what life is all about. That's its meaning. And it's up to you to put that meaning into your life. Thank you for listening. Okay, so has anyone got any questions or anything? Remember that question, see if you can really offend me tonight. <laughs> and if anyone says the girls turn you on, look I'm too old now. <laughs>